You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, bride chillers and groom chillers. If you are planning a wedding and you are losing your mind, or even if you're very calm and you just want more information and be empowered to know how to get stuff done, when to do things, who to hire, then I'm your gal. Uh, today, I'm delighted to welcome back a returning guest. Now, I did a little quick Google, Kevin. You were back on the show uh, over a hundred episodes ago. Uh, so you, it's been, it's been a while, Kevin Dennis. Like, Welcome back to the show. You're from Fantasy Sound Event Services. That must have been. Like how quickly I said that? Yeah, that's good. That's, that, <laughs> it, we must have talked almost 50 years ago. It was 50 years, 50 <laughs> years, and uh, we've aged barely a day. It's good to have you back, Kevin, because last time you were on uh, the show, you, we had some really good feedback. You, you, your area of expertise, which I will let you talk about. I do this sometimes. I try and explain what my guests do when I'm just like, just hand it over to the guests. They know their story better than you do, Alicia. But you did talk about lighting. And GB got some good feedback because I think it is an under-talked about, under-appreciated area that can make a hell of a difference when it comes to an event. So Night and day. we'll talk about, yeah, it will literally, hey, I like yeah. that. Is that a lighting joke? Yeah. Kevin tell me a little bit about what you you've been in the industry a little while what have you been doing I said that graciously just a little while yeah you've got some experience tell me a bit about what you do day to day so day to day right now is running fantasy sound event services but I'm also the international president for uh WIPA uh you know wedding internationals professional association so that is I love that you just whizzed over that you know wedding international professional association it's quite a big deal it actually well I just got back from Toronto yesterday so it's there Toronto Canada is going to be our first official uh international chapter so we're very excited so um you know but lots of growth uh with that but also it's in my business so lots of lots going on because i think last time i was on i told you i'm from livermore california we're 45 minutes east of san francisco in a, in a nice little valley out here the livermore wine country and we have 55 wineries now so probably last time i talked oh. to you we only had 40 something so we've well we've, we've grown a lot are happening this yeah. is exciting do you have yeah. anything to do with those wineries or you just go and partake I partake. Uh, my actually, it's kind of funny you say that. My um, father-in-law is retired and helps out at one of the wineries, and we started making our own cabernet. So no way. Yeah, yeah, but it's just more for personal consumption. We don't sell it or anything. So I mean, we were talking about this the other day because Kevin, I had this idea uh, that I because my our business, our sort of umbrella business, is called Happy Days Media, and at the end of each show forever I say which I'll say to you happy days and that's how I've always ended my show and Mm. I said to my husband gee I'd love to do a happy days rosé wasn't that fun it'd be just crazy and then our friend who's in the wine business in Australia he's like don't be an idiot no one makes no one joins and makes a winery for making money you're a moron for thinking (laughs) yeah no you really well I mean you can make money but it takes a long time and it's a lot yeah it's a it's a lot of work, but you could always make her a little rosé and slap your label on it. So that's, I mean, I feel like the housewives do it. Alicia can yeah. do it. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Too many business ideas, Kevin, and not enough time in the day. That's a big issue. I agree. 
So, Kevin, your business, talk to me through, talk to me, not even speaking English correctly today. Sure. Talk me through all of the different facets of what you do, because you cover a lot of different areas that I think are very important. I know we talked about this last time, but a lot of people might not have listened to that episode yet. Shame on them. <laughs> so, sure. Um, we started out uh, in 1989. So we're, this is our 30th year of being in business, but we started oh. out as a DJ service. And so... Like most people in the industry uh, that started out as a DJ, it's kind of like your your entry level uh, in, into the events world, so to speak. But what has happened is I was working really closely with a caterer in the area. And as she was growing her business, she would tell me, hey, record spinner, you need to figure this out. <laughs> you know, and so that's, you know, I started figuring out audiovisual equipment. Then I started figuring out lighting and then it grew into videography. And so and then we eventually got a photo booth because we had to get a photo booth. So, Everyone has to have a photo booth until photo well, booths die and then you find a next thing to get into. They're really not going to die. That's the crazy oh. thing. I really thought they were going to die. And we got it because one of our competitors had one and they were, um, you know, so we would have, we would lose clients to him because they had a photo booth. And so I was like, damn, I got to get a photo booth. People studio to do the props and stuff. What's the, tell oh, me about photo it. booth. They do, do they? Oh yeah, they love it. We upload all the photos uh, from the photo booth to the to the client after you know the following week after the wedding. You could see the progression of someone from the beginning of the wedding to the <laughs> end of the wedding through the through the photo booth photos. It's absolutely hilarious. You're this like, is, oh, this is a little help from probably a little bit of alcohol and and uh, you know just of, easing into yeah. the night. A lot of the quality wine that we make here in the Livermore wine country helps helps them Oops. progress helps the progression through the evening. No, it's it's hilarious. You can see it's like, oh, you know, it, this girl was totally normal during cocktail hour, and then by the well, end of the night, she was trash. So anyway, it, so Kevin, let's talk a little bit. You do a lot of different things within your business. You've evolved, as you said, from DJing now, but you're looking at you supply a lot of these items, and it'd be good to really. Home in a little bit, um, Kevin, on what you would advise when we're first starting planning and we're looking at our venue and we're thinking what entertainment and how we want to make the venue come alive and uh, make those decisions. Now, a lot of people will, you know, will have a coordinator or a wedding planner on board or at least a venue coordinator that might help them out. But to, talk to me about when people come to someone like you and say, listen, we've got this venue. Uh, we don't know what to do because, to be honest, 99% of people listening to this haven't probably organized a big event, let alone having to think about audiovisual stuff and lighting and effects and bloody smoke machines if you wanted and all this extra stuff. It can be a little overwhelming. And also, you sometimes feel like you're going to a mechanic and they might be going, no, you definitely need all this stuff. And you're really like, do we? Do we need it? Or is this a ripoff? <laughs> or is this an investment? I don't know. So talk me through the first steps of when we approach a venue and we think about how we work all this out way before we get to the, t the timeline stage. Sure. So like right now, clients are coming to us and they are either following us on Instagram or they've seen photos of our work from one of the venues, either through Pinterest or Google. So those are kind of where the brides are really, you know, building their inspiration boards and really finding their inspiration. Um, you know, but with that said, I try to tell my couples, keep your blinders on, so to speak, and look at the photos from the venue that you're going to. 
you know, for your, a lot of your inspiration. You can look outside, but what ends up happening to us is brides or couples will come to us and they'll bring us a photo of something and have unrealistic expectations of what can be done at their venue. Right. You know, we might, we might, you know, like for us, we might not be able to attach anything to the ceiling at the venue. So that takes a lot of, you know, a lot of our chandeliers out of the market or how tall is the ceiling? Like one of our chandeliers that we own is nine feet tall, just a chandelier. So you need, yeah, you need a 20 foot ceiling to make that thing, you know, go. So, you know, so there's a lot of different variables. So a lot of people will call us and you know, I'm getting married at, at a hotel over here and I want that chandelier. And I'm like, well, how tall, you know, and it could be even a hotel we've never been to. We're like, well, do you know the height of the ceiling? No, you know, and they'll, they'll go, oh, let me find out from the catering manager. And they'll call, you know, and then find out that the ceiling is only 14 yeah. feet tall. Well, our chandelier is nine feet tall. So hopefully if you have, you know, four feet people that you're invited to the <laughs> wedding, they down. might be able to walk it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very, very, very crazy. So um, you know, but then with that said too, is, you know, we're, like I said, we're 45 minutes east of San Francisco and there's a really, uh, there's another wine country that's, it's starting to, you know, get built up in the Lodi, which is more central California area. It's about an hour, even more east from where we are. But I had a bride one time, they have a very beautiful like hotel, um, you know, resort kind of venue in the middle of, of, of their wine country. And what, the room is beautiful on itself, a little bit of lighting, a little bit of enhancement. That's all it needs. But this bride wanted, she kept showing me photos of like a Cape Cod wedding. And meanwhile, they're two hours from water, you know, and everything she showed me was like a clear tent on a beach. And, you know, and I like how the lights go over the tent and I'm like, well, where, where's the tent Mm -hmm. going? You know, where's the, you know, and can we attach to the ceiling, you know, at this venue? And the venue's like, no, you cannot, you know? So then I'm like, well, then you're, the, you will spend more money on trying to rig the, you know, have us bring in rigging than you would on the actual product itself, you know? And then the other thing that people forget too is how long of time do I have for setup? Yes, this is, I was going to ask you about this because this I think confuses yeah. people. And then they think, although a lot of vendors, especially in, in, in the area that you're in, are magicians with making shit look great. You're not <laughs> like, you know, there aren't miracles that, you know, in timelines to have uh, the time to set this stuff up. And sometimes it's just not possible, especially if there is an event the day before or you've got very limited uh, bump in time, I suppose you'd say. So that, that was yeah. going to be one of my questions. You beat me to it, Kevin. It, it's hard. Yes. It's hard um, when you've got nothing, you've got no time. Correct. It's some, sometimes some of the venues will only give us a two or three hour window prior oh, to the wedding to, to set up. So that's, you know, so that takes out half of what we can do with there, you know, especially when it comes to drapey, uh, draping. So for us, we steam all our drapery on site to get out as many of the wrinkles as we can. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll spend three hours just steaming drapery. You know, so that, you know, it takes out if we only have two, three hours and you need a a fair amount of draping, you know, we might not be able to do it for you. So I try to, you know, with that, you know, some of the logistics going into it, the clients don't think about, they just see pretty pictures and want and want, 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 you know, so that's, that's where we sometimes have to be the bad guys and say, Hey, you know, what's the setup time? What do you got? You know, you might have to buy early access or you might have to buy more time to make what you want done. And sometimes that, that 
changes the conversation really quickly. And as you said, buying early access sometimes is just physically not possible if they have an event the night before and it's like, well, they've they've left the building at midnight and they're not going to let you come yeah. and do the, the gig at one o'clock and more some may. It depends how much money you want to spend. So, well, and some venues will, you know, and it, it, a lot of it comes down to the relationships we have with these venues. So like this summer we had um, – we did two weddings back to back at uh, this one venue. And as we were cleaning the wedding from the night before, we were also starting to install the wedding the, the for the next day. Right. And, and so we ended up, we had a, a hard time of having the wedding ready to go at six thirty in the morning um, because they were doing an eight o'clock uh, Indian ceremony. Uh-huh. And then, and then they, then they did a lunch and then we, so we continued to have to flip, but we had to have multiple crews work on that wedding to have different parts of it done. So, you know, things are in, and they paid dearly to have all this done, yeah. you know, but there, you know, so things can happen, but sometimes it just takes a little bit of money to make it happen, you know, and, and even with them, they had some unrealistic expectations that we were like, we don't have two days to set up your wedding for what you want. We have short you know, especially between the flips, between the Indian ceremony with the Western ceremony and the lunch and all, you know, like we had short little time frames to make changes. And, and I'm like, you guys, we don't have four hours. You guys are giving us an hour, an hour to make a flip. We got to, you know, we got to make that happen. And, and so then they would pivot and come up with another idea or we, or we would, you know, we would propose some some ideas that we had. So I was going, I was going to go back a little bit, Kevin, you mentioned um, about hanging chandeliers and, and drapes and all of this stuff. I, I, there was a comment on our Facebook group recently about um, a couple getting married in England where I live. And they were sort of saying they'd picked an amazing venue and they loved it. But one of the questions that wasn't raised and and the venue manager didn't raise it with them was the fact that this was a listed building and it was somewhere that has a lot of history and therefore a lot of rules attached to it which I I actually think the venue manager's role is to say here are all the things you can and can't do in our building so I think she was probably at fault for not mentioning that they couldn't hang lights and they had to be um, very careful with the, the the walls so there were lots of restrictions placed upon them so I, I know you work locally but I suppose for our international audience and just people being mindful of asking the venue these questions before you um, sign contracts, I suppose, if you have expectations that you want to make changes or hang things up or just do anything that might require a little uh, extra work, that sometimes venues go, uh-uh, nah can't do it. Forget it. It's over. Correct. No, that's huge. And believe it or not, we have, you know, we're, we don't have as many historical buildings as you do over there in England, but we do have some, you know, that have been around mm. a long time and that we're not allowed to do different things to, or you can't, you know, move furniture. You can't, you know, the, even the type of a uh, hand truck we bring in has to have rubber tires. I mean, there's, you know, there's lots of different rules that go into some of these properties. And sometimes that's very fair. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Personally, as when I'm working at a venue, especially if it's a venue I've never worked at before, I love to know the rules. Like, and that's one of the questions I'll ask. It's like, what what are the policies that the, the venue has set up for you know your the people that you're bringing in? Because sometimes it's 
you know, like what we were talking about the yeah. setup time. Sometimes it's even even the type of tape you're allowed to use or or what you can, you know, some of these people are letting people uh, put command strips on the walls to, you know, hang different things. Some people are, you can't touch our, you know, you can't touch the wall. You can't move this. You can't, you know, cover. And even we were just dealing where a bride wanted to cover this, uh, this area. And they're like, no, you can't. It's, it's, it's historical and we're not allowed, you know, that's one of our rules. You can't cover it. So it's like, okay, okay. move on. Got to you fix know. the problem. Um, Kevin, after the break, I want to go a little bit further into how we communicate with our vendors. If they're not using a company like yours where you are an all-in-one shebang, how we work with our vendors, especially looking at sound and lighting, when how we coordinate people coming in and out of venues and uh, making it easier for everyone. Kevin uh, will join me again after this very short but meaningful break. Being a bride chiller or groom chiller is all about finding ways to make your wedding planning easier and less stressful. So when it comes to suit search, which is what I call finding a suit for groom chillers and their crew, it can sometimes be a bit of a challenge trying to coordinate a bunch of different people with different body sizes and suit needs all in one place. Which is why GenerationTux.com is the ideal place to find and rent high-quality suits for your groom chiller and his crew. GenerationTux.com offer free swatches delivered straight to your door so you can work out your ideal colour combinations. They offer free home try-ons so you can make sure that everything fits the way you want. And the best part is that everything arrives on the doorstep of all party members 14 days before the wedding. So that way, if there are any fit issues at all, there's plenty of time to take care of them. Generation Tuck suits are super high quality. Rich has hired from them a number of times and we are always really impressed with the level of service and quality of the suits. They look and feel fantastic. If you would like to try Generation Tux, then I recommend you visit generationtux.com slash bridechiller and use the promo code bridechiller for 10% off the entire groom's party. That is generationtux.com slash bridechiller and use the promo code bridechiller for 10% off the entire groom's party. You know when a product has over 10,000 positive reviews that people really like it. Native deodorant, my favorite. All natural deodorant that smells like yummy cake has just that, over 10,000 positive reviews for their best-selling deodorant. So what makes Native's products so different and great? They never use aluminium or parabens or sulfates or any other nasty ingredients that can be used in so many other deodorants and healthcare products. They offer free shipping and returns. All of their products are cruelty-free. They never test on animals. And their whole ethos is for developing personal care products that are better for our bodies. And every product they make is thoughtfully formulated to keep you feeling and smelling fresh. My favorite flavor of native deodorant is the classic coconut and vanilla but they also offer lavender and rose cucumber and mint and eucalyptus and mint which reminds me of australia i love it very much they also offer an unscented formula and baking soda free formula for those with sensitivities I have really put native deodorant through the ringer. I go running, I do workouts, I sit and sweat thinking about Black Friday. 
and all the tasks I have to do. I really love using Native and have even resorted to asking my friends to smell my armpits because they smell so good. If you would like to receive 20% off your very first purchase with Native Deodorant, all you need to do is visit Native Deodorant and use the promo code BRIDECHILLER during checkout. That is 20% off your first purchase. All you need to do is visit nativedeodorant.com and be sure to use the promo code BRIDECHILLER during checkout. Smell that coconut. Kevin, sometimes, uh, well, a lot of bride chillers and groom chillers self-manage their weddings or have a, a coordinator that comes in and helps them out, which is, is something I am really pro for, just for really just helping your sanity, but also corralling people like you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you work quite closely with planners and coordinators and venue managers on how you will be working in the venue and timing and getting the timeline locked down? So in our, I find every area, you know, so being the international wedding or, you know, with a president, I get to travel. And and the one thing I have learned is that the wedding, weddings are different everywhere, mm-hmm. even in the U.S. I mean, it, it's even in Northern California to Southern California. We do, we do weddings differently. We all do. And, and, and everyone talks about a wedding season. Everybody has a different wedding season yeah. of what different, different months when they're busy, you know, and I really didn't know that until I didn't, I, I knew, but I didn't really grasp the whole concept that we're all different, even though we're doing the same sure. thing until I got involved in WIPA and started looking at it because even like our Arizona chapter, you know, in the summertime when a lot of our other chapters are very busy with weddings, it, they don't do weddings. Because everything yeah. melts. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. It's hotter than hell there, you know? So, so, you know, so learning that kind of stuff. And it was very interesting to me because one time they had a speaker come in and they're like, you know, your wedding season in the summer when you're, you're, you're you guys are busy doing weddings. And that speaker lost that crowd immediately when they did that. Cause that speaker did not do their homework oh. and, 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 understand the area so interesting anyway well i say every day's wedding season kevin with bride chiller because i've got listeners all over the world and every moment someone's getting married somewhere so let's i think that's fantastic <laughs> well in, in in my market we are starting to do more weekday weddings you know and i i joke because we're, we're so close to las vegas that we are we're becoming more and more or less like las vegas every day and we're getting these amazing 40 person 50 person weddings in the middle of the week now nice. and 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 people are coming from other parts of the country other parts of the world because we're so close to napa but our our wine country is a little bit more affordable than napa so they're coming to us and we yeah i have a wedding in a couple of weeks on a wednesday evening hey that's great you know? though i think so. i mean it must be good for vendors to have the work in the week and also not having to i'm sure you're still working weekends i'm sure that's not giving you the day off but, no yeah, but yeah, yeah no nice to be yeah, able to explore different wedding uh, weekday weddings i think there's a lot of people in our group and our um, community who are considering weekday weddings, winter weddings. I got married in the middle of winter. I loved it. We're wintry people. I, I'm yeah, winter. I got married on New Year's Eve. So we yeah, right there with you in the middle yeah, of the winter. Yeah, it's great. So. And I think you've got a lot more yeah. choice in a lot of situations, not everywhere. As you said, if, if you, you know, LA is probably quite different because it's sunny and lovely all the time, but then compared to other markets, it can be, give you a lot more choice and potentially some room mm-hmm. to move with budgets and everything. Um, 
Yeah, Tell me a little bit about, uh, we talked last time quite a lot about lighting. and I really recommend people go back and listen to that episode. It's episode 291. I don't want to go over too much of the same stuff because I think you've got lots of information, but I definitely recommend um, that Kevin uh, explained a lot about, about the different sorts of lighting, but also how much lighting can change a room. So if your venue is lacking in something, but you don't have as much money to maybe add a lot of shit to it, lighting do you like how I said add a lot of shit to it, Kevin? That just makes your job yeah. sound very glamorous. Uh, lighting can really change change a room, can't it? Or change a very, very especially like because a lot you know you go to the dancing part and you you know people don't like to dance with the lights on, so they turn off the lights. And then if the room doesn't have really good ambient light, then what are you know? what are they looking at? You know, what, what does the room look like with the lights on as well as with the lights off? And I think that's something that people forget. So I'm, and I don't sell candles. I'm not in the candle business, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer. The more candles, the better around the room and on the tables. Cause once you do shut off the lights, that starts creating some ambiance, but then adding some simple up lights, just some color on the walls you know, adding a spotlight on some key items that you want to be highlighted when the lights are off, you know, th- just, and that's simple, easy stuff to do, you know, and then from there you go into, you know, custom monograms, uh, you know, it's, ca- they're called gobos, but it, uh, the pattern, you know, lights that you use or, you know, chandeliers, any of that kind of, you know, drapery, all that kind of stuff gets, you know, enhanced, so to speak. But if you're with a limited budget, I, I go to go to up lights and candles, you know, and then start building what you do. So like when I meet with our clients, I always tell them the foundation, you know, it's like we're building a house, but the foundation is up lights and spotlights. Right. And then once you, once you figured out what, what you want to highlight with spotlights, what, what you want to, you know, the, the, the color, the, the feel you want in the room, then you start building off of that and, and, you know, as the budget allows, start adding and, and enhancing with that kind of stuff. But you really got to start with the basics and it'll make a world of difference. You will see, I see photos all the time and brides will bring them to me and I, and they'll go, I love this photo. I just love the coloring. And all it is, is a simple <laughs> uplight. And, and, you know, it's just like nothing special, you know, you know, and, and in my area right now, Edison bulbs, yeah, you know, the old antique, oh, they, I, I cannot buy enough of the different shapes and the different filament styles that they have now. And, in the, you know, I, whenever I find them, I buy 50 to a hundred. Just explain to people what, if they don't know what an Edison bulb, bulb is, I mean, you could just look it up on Pinterest. There's 50 freaking million photos of Edison bulbs. Oh, correct. Just tell us a little bit about them because they are cool. They're, they're just a, an antique looking light bulb is what <laughs> they are. I mean, I mean, yes, yeah, simple as that. But what a lot of these companies are doing with them is they're the filaments that, you know, is what pro- provides a light. They're, they're j- making different patterns. The, the, the glass bulbs themselves are different shapes. You know, we have all kinds of different, sh- and that's like I'm saying, when I find it, one we don't have, I buy a bunch of it because, you know, we'll have clients sometimes have us put up 50 to 100 Edison wow. bulbs, just Edison bulbs. Yeah. You know, so it's, you know, so I love the variety. I love, you know, they all, but they have to be cohesive. They got to go together. But if they have that antique look to them, 
the more and the merrier. Simple. It's very, as so. you said, it's very simple and effective. And I, I wanted to jump back. You made a good point about the mood change with going to the dancing part of the evening if you're having an evening wedding. And how much, you know, because we're talking about timeline and how much it's good to think about how you want that mood to change throughout the evening. And, you know, we talk a lot about music and you can have background music. And even though people aren't aware of background music, it's happening in the background. And if it's not, if there's no music, people are like, What's, why is it quiet? What's happening? Why is it silent? But it's the same thing with with lighting as well. If you're sitting under fluorescent stark lights eating a meal, it feels like you're in some sort of institution where if you have nice sort of lighter, sorry, lighter, you know what I mean, like more calming lights for dinner, but then it changes for dancing. I don't think a lot of us think about that stuff, but actually when it works, you don't even notice it. But when it's not happening, you're like, what the fuck's going on here? Why am I sitting in bright lights? Yeah. And I think a lot of it is couples tour the venues in the daylight. Yes. Such a good point. You know, and because, you know, because the venues have events in the evening and when they don't have events in the evening, they're all home with their families, yeah. you know, but so if, if your venue is doing any kind of like open house showcase, uh, vendor fair, any of that kind of stuff that happens in the evening, go. Cause you want to see what your venue looks like in the evening. It's, you know, with nothing, you know, bare bones, what it looks like in the evening with nothing, because then that helps get, you know, like you, we, we talked about start building the foundation because, or hire a professional that, you know, like myself, I, I am, pref, you know, preferred uh, vendor at a lot of these uh, different venues out here. And I can tell them, Hey, this is what the venue looks like in the evening with nothing. You know, and but with that said, simple uplights will go a long way. And I mean, in it, it, for some of the smaller spaces, 10, 15, 20, I mean, would give you a, a really amazing difference to the room. I wanted to talk a little bit about sound and how much that is important as someone who talks into a microphone a lot and also I've spent a lot of time on stage and my bugbear, Kevin, is crappy sound and, you know, shitty speakers that distort or not having enough microphones when an extra microphone will cost you, what, 10 bucks or something crazy and uh, also not preparing when it comes to the audio part of the wedding because with speeches and having a lot of people wanting to hear what people have to say, some people go cheap and that's, I'm not saying you need to spend a lot of money, but just make sure you get quality stuff. It's not hard. It, well, and it, it makes a huge difference. So like we, when we do, you know, the DJ side, we send out, um, we have two different sound systems. Generally most, you know, the ceremony sound system and then the DJ sound system. And usually either the ceremony or the DJ sound system can take care of cocktail hour. If not, then we end up putting a speaker up and just run it. I'll be honest with you straight from our iPad, Uh you know, something very simple, easy to do for cocktail hour, but for the ceremony, it's huge. And what's happening right now is there's a lot of personalization of the vows. You know, there's, there's no longer repeat after me vows. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's some couples still do that. So that's a question when I'm planning the wedding with, with the couple. Are you doing repeat after me vows or writing your own vows? And then what ends up happening is we automatically put a microphone on the officiant. We put a microphone on the groom. We do not put a microphone 
on uh, on the bride because all the microphones are uh, you know black cords and you know and then you have oh, a belt pack that you have bright. to deal with. Yes. But anyway, so with that said, now with a lot of this customization in the weddings and the personalization of the vows, which I think is amazing because it's it's a lot of couples are putting it out there and it's the most raw real moment in your life. Yeah. You're letting it all out hang out there. But if your guests can't hear it, they're disengaged. And we live in a world where when we can't hear something, what do we do? We reach for our cell phones. Yeah, we switch off. You know, yeah. that's yeah, correct. We, that's the world we live in. So I always recommend they have their vows written by the time they come see me. And I tell my couples, you know, read your vows a couple times. Do you get emotional in it? Do you not? You know, what What do we do? You know, and go from there. Hey, Kevin, that you, even if you were hiring things and setting up yourself, and this is just me taking a hit now for saying my ego took a little hit. We did a live bride chiller show in Chicago last year and um, to hire an audio engineer because I was self-funding all this stuff, I got a bit tight ass on us all. I said, don't worry, I'll hire the gear, I'll set it all up and I'll run it myself, which was fine because I've done it before, but I hadn't used this equipment before and the guy at the audio Audio shop was good. He sort of talked me through it quite quickly, mm-hmm. and I used my computer. But I was also trying to record the podcast. It wasn't just plugging microphones in. So there were lots of different channels happening. And I turned up at the event. Not very much time, Kevin. Not very much time to get all this shit sorted before people started arriving. And I had a little. I think I lost weight trying to get this thing <laughs> sorted without it being back. The mics worked, but it wasn't recording. I nearly had a full mental breakdown because I just didn't want to let the bride chiller community down. But I also was sort of my ego is taking a hit because I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Shit, I should have had someone there yeah. to help me. Uh, we and we hear horror stories from the venues about someone is either a week, you know, hired their friend that they work with, or a friend, you know, my friend's a DJ. But he does it for fun, not as a business, you know, and and even like for myself, there's so many different types of DJs. Like I had a, one of my cousins was a club DJ. He, Uh he didn't, he didn't want to do weddings and he would send weddings my way because, you know, people would love him, love his mixes and do all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, he's like, I don't know how to do the logistics of a wedding. And that's the part that people forget. You know, and even like I just had a horror story. I had a venue tell me that they just had a DJ show up and uh, with his, you know, controller and his laptop going, where do I plug in? And, oh, the, no. and the venue goes, what do you mean? Where do I plug in? Oh, I, we're, we're, Where's your stuff? Yeah. And the venue goes, we don't own a sound system. You know, and, and so you talk about panic attack and everything on on the oh, DJ Jesus. yeah the DJ side the the couple side and the you know and and, and then the venue side because now the venue's like we nothing in their ven, venue vendor agreement says that they have sound you know they, they they're very clear about it this guy read it signed it and you know showed up with didn't. yeah obviously <laughs> didn't read it he just signed it yeah give me your money in here yeah what do I need to sign well you know you need proof of insurance here you go here you go you know, so that was a horror story that happened, you know. So well, I hope anyway. DJ pulled something out of the bag and made it happen. I had well, they, a friend who had a sound system or something. Like, so God. they called us. So of course the venue, they did. Yeah, You're the, the friend. Ven- <laughs> you solved the no, problem. Well, no, the, venue, the, ve- the venue called us, and then we ended up having to charge the bride for something 
that she wasn't planning on paying for on the day of her wedding. Well, I suppose so. this is where I'm going to do the plug and say my Bride Chiller Field Guide, which is our organizer, has all the questions to ask vendors, which includes uh, a whole bit of a uh, page of venue questions. And there is a bunch with my audiovisual interest uh, of questions about that stuff. So if you're ticking it off and you've done your, your due diligence, Kevin, then yeah. uh, hopefully you're organized. But poor couple, at least you came to the rescue and got it done. Yeah, but the other thing too is with bands, finding out the writers, you know, like a lot of people, you know, bands are getting more and more popular in my area. And I know, uh, you know, in different parts of the world, they're, they're huge. Yeah. But w- what are their requirements? You know, sometimes it's, there, there's a lot in there that, that couples are not planning for or thought of. Like mm-hmm. it's something as simple as a, as a green room or a dressing room for them. And right. they're, they're, they're at a venue that doesn't have that, you know, so how do you create that space for them or, you know, cause they need to change. And sometimes bands will take a break and make a whole complete costume change, you know, so mm-hmm. they need, they need that space. So a lot of it, I, I find a lot of problems when, when you're hearing about them comes down to communication, Yeah, you know, re- reading what it is, you know, reading what, what, what's required, you know, or even as a supplier or a vendor, you know, communicating my needs, you know, letting that out there. I mean, a lot of that gets mixed up, Yeah. you know, and, and that's where the couples, I find when they're not hiring professionals, even though I'm a weekend warrior, sometimes I'm not quite professional yet, you know, so, but anyway, so finding out everyone's requirements, what do they need? And that's something that I don't think couples ask their the people they're hiring. And I think it's also, exactly, it's about communication. It's also working with people that have been recommended by other vendors as well, or other friends who've used them. I mean, I think testimonials and recommendations, I can bang on about it over and over again. But, you know, I always sort of say a photographer who's there for the whole day witnesses a lot of stuff going down and they're really good to bounce off. And same with DJs as well. They're, they're seeing a lot of people come in and out and I think if you want an honest yeah. opinion, if you found someone you trust in one area, just say, hey, who have you worked with lately that's great? Or what do you think about this? And you don't need to, you know, mm-hmm. reveal too much, but it's just the feedback is often quite telling and um, they don't want to recommend people. You don't want to recommend people that are shit, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, no, even even like in my neck of the woods, there's a videographer that's really popular, but he's an absolute nightmare to work with on the day of. To the And to the point where the... The venue, one of the venues that we work at all the time, just removed him from the preferred venue vendor, uh, vendor list because right. he was such a nightmare well, to deal with. Well, good to know. I think you've got to have so, you know that sort of honesty. I'm sure will help couples in the future make that decision. It's hard, and it, but it's hard for me. It's <laughs> like, yeah, he's not the easiest. Yeah, you don't to want to be a with on, you know, about it. you know, yeah. and it just, I'm not yeah. without. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't sure. say, yeah, he's an asshole and I don't want him to, you know, don't, don't hire him, you know, but you got to be, you know, PC and do do the right thing. But also not push your couples into, uh, well, just maybe just gently guide them to someone, someone else. And I suppose that's the art of just going, yeah. look, he can be challenging, but I've got a great person that I've worked with that's fucking much better yeah. and won't make your life a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the one thing I was going to say that you you mentioned or we talked about and mentioned is is finding out what the the venue policy the vendor policies are for the venue that you're hiring because maybe you want to do something crazy but the, their vendor policies don't allow yeah. you to do that. So going into when you're hiring a venue or a space, 
what 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 are the, what what do they require from the venues? Even even something as simple as that. Hey, we require a special kind of insurance to work here. So you you know because people will hire. We just recently had to get um, a crazy insurance policy, and we were able to get it our insurance policy to go bigger for the day of, and then go back to our normal. I mean, we call it, carry two million dollars uh-huh. in liability policy, but this one one venue required wow. five million dollars. And that's uh, personally, I think that's crazy. unrealistic. What's going to happen? That's going to make yeah, them- but 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 correct. But the couple had no idea, and I and I told the couple, I'm like, hey, we carry a pretty healthy normal liability policy. I'm going to have to. This is a cost that you're, you know, for you. And I had to pass the cost on to the couple, you know. But they did, they had no idea that was the ven- venue's requirement going into the you know, yeah. after they sign the contract. And I'm sure, and part of me thinks it was there in the fine print somewhere, but that's the other thing. Re- read what you're signing, you know, because some of these venue contracts are oh, 15 yeah. pages, you know, and so, yeah. And, and I think, as we've said, we scroll through contracts, you know, I think about, I always sort of joke and say, I, you know, Apple could own our future children for all I know. I agree to these contracts <laughs> like it's nobody's <laughs> business. But, so it, you know, it is important and also it is just going to cover your ass and theirs, and also they're reciprocal. It's it's for both parties. So do do mm-hmm. that do that research. And if if in doubt, just ask. Say what's what's the deal with insurance? Can I hang this fucking thing yeah. up here? What's going on? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Going into it is huge. So the more you know up front, the easier the planning process is going to be. I'll put that so. on a t-shirt, Kevin. Um, if, yeah. if people want to get in touch, if they want to hire you, if they'd like to know more about what you do, where can we connect? Sure. Uh, fantasysound.com is the easiest way to find me uh, for hiring me. So you're right there. You've got a lot of nice lighting porn, I'm going to say. You've got lots of nice, lovely imagery. <laughs> I don't know if lighting porn appropriate. Yeah, and our Instagram and our Instagram yeah. is a good place, too, to find a lot of photos. We're, we're trying uh, as a company to show the, you know, pull the curtains back and show the behind the Literally. scenes stuff. Because we find we're getting, yeah, we're getting a lot of good engagement of, like, us building a chandelier or, or the install of the, of, of, you know, something new that we've never done before. So we're trying to do that kind of stuff, but we do post a lot of the pretty pictures. We have a really good partnership with a lot of the photographers around here and everyone's really good about That's tagging great. everyone. So Instagram is, is a really good place. Even, even for the, for the brides and couples out there all across the world, start stalking the venues, Instagram and start looking at, um, who they're tagging, who's being tagged in photos that there, and then start clicking on theirs. And before you know it, you're going to find a really good group of people through oh, Instagram. I, totally agree. I really, there's a lot of power the there. Geotagging yeah. is our gift. It's a gift, gift, gift to wedding planning. Um, Kevin, I hope we get to speak again soon. And um, if everyone goes to the show notes today, they can click on the link and I'll, I'll share some of the imagery from your other jobs as well. Perfect. Perfect. Maybe in a hundred episodes from now, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do this all over again in another 50 years. 50 years. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Kevin, thanks so much. And of course, I have to say to you and everyone, happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place the cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? 